We've all got ups and downs because the world's intense. How could you find out what to pair with your life events? A cocktail will never fail to provide a lift. Just raise a glass with your friends and let's drink about it. You're listening to Let's Drink About It, the show where we proceed from the premise that every life event has a perfect cocktail to go with it. I'm your host, Ben Harrison. And I'm your other host, Chris Bowman. And our lovely and talented guest this week is Rob Schulte. Am I pronouncing that right? You are. Okay, I've only ever seen it written, I think. You're like the first person ever to have (laughs) only seen it and pronounce it correctly. I would have said said Schulte, so, you know, or Schulte. There you go. Okay, so we're we're half and half. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Rob, you are the producer of Doing It With Mike Sachs, are you not? I am, I am. Um, A podcast that we are big fans of. Great podcast. A man that we are also big fans of. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Mike has been a guest a couple of times on our show, and uh, always always brings the heat. So uh, sure does, sure does. So you got you got big shoes to fill. Trust me, I understand. <laughs> uh, well, uh, so how's how's producing that show going? I, like, I, I think you guys are like three episodes in, and it's a monthly show, right? It's a monthly show. Uh, sometimes, if we know we're going to be delayed about a week or so, we'll throw up a bonus episode just to at least. Yeah. Keep everyone uh, happy. Yeah. Keep everybody's appetites wet. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Uh, we just we just need them wanting more always. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's fun. It's uh, it's really easy working with Mike because he's uh, at least with me welcoming on sharing ideas, and so like I can throw an idea out there. Yeah. Or uh, he can you know totally veto it, but be like, but let's go on this angle of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's a cool show too because it's got like so much like archival audio just like weird pieces of tape and old comedy songs that you never would have heard of if you didn't have somebody like him kind of like digging in the crates and completely um i find it uh fun that something we're working on in the future though is i discovered that on audacity you can uh rechange like the speed uh, yeah. So it's like, you know, you can do like a song at 45, but at 33 and a third. Sure. And okay. so I'm really looking forward to putting in a Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Because when you do that, it sounds like a reggae song. <laughs> I'm not sure what episode it's going to be in yet, but that is the song. Oh, you heard it here first, folks. Yes. That's that's what you call a scoop. You know what I, you know what I love about the show? There's almost like, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong here, but I get like a Dr. Demento vibe sometimes from, I don't know, old radio fans that uh, remember dr demento but from the the podcast there's just that variety type you know with that with that uh, uh yeah. archival audio and stuff it's it's really cool i love it a lot yeah i like that I've, uh you aren't the first to say that and i think that's a very good way of thinking and describing the show yeah i mean it's an interesting it's a comedy show that can kind of meander around on the line of like you know some of the some of the segments are just like a straight interview with a very famous comedian or writer or something like that and you just like learn a bunch of like interesting facts and some of it is like is this supposed to be like a put on and then some of it is just like is is just like set up as like here's a bit that we are doing yeah and uh and and everything in between and it's 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 kind of fun to listen to. It keeps you on your toes. Well, I had to, and I, you know, I won't say one way or the other right yet, <laughs> but I did have to ask on that first episode, was that an actual ex-girlfriend that you called? <laughs> were you just putting it on for her? Or Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good times. Life events. 
Well, guys, uh, I've got a little dab of the dreaded imposter syndrome. I need a drink for that. Oh, man. Uh, well, I, I think I'm just going to, uh, from from here on out, uh, as long as baseball is going on, I'm going to just tell baseball stories all the time. Uh, I, I went to a game uh, the other day, and something really awesome happened. Uh, and I need a drink for that. All right. Well, I left a very comfortable job, and I'm seeking to work in my passion, and I need a drink for that. Oof. Oof. Oh. You, need, you probably need a few drinks for that. <laughs> yes, I do. Here go the recipes. Well, Rob, I think you're going to do great. I think you're a hot dog, <laughs> and that's why you're going to be drinking a, a beverage called the Chien Chaud, which is <laughs> French for hot dog, and unlike the Frank Collins, doesn't actually have a hot dog in it. Phew! Uh, I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bummer. Uh, so this is one and a half ounces of white Martinique rum. Uh, which is very different from white rum spelled R-U-M. This is R-H-U-M. Uh, different, different thing. So, uh, so keep keep your eyes peeled when you're going to buy your bottle, home listener. Uh, two ounces of coconut water, uh, quarter ounce of yellow chartreuse, and two dashes of Angostura bitters. So, uh, this is one where you shake the ingredients with ice until well chilled and fine strain over a. Uh, over f- fresh ice in a highball glass and garnish with a lime wheel. That's the chien chaud. Sounds good. Sounds delicious. Yeah. yeah. And I bought an actual young coconut to pour water out of and, and go get the like crappy carton of coconut water. Even better. Yeah. yeah. Pulling out all the stops right. here on, on yeah. LDAI. Young coconut sounds like a DJ of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he uh, and Will Pineapple have a, a really awesome uh, DJ set at a pork bar slope? down the street. Yeah. Uh, ben, you're going to be drinking a drink called The Imposter. Uh, mm. In brackets, or in quote, or sorry, yeah, in brackets, syndrome. Uh, two ounces of gin, <laughs> one ounce of fresh lime juice, one ounce of simple syrup, three cherry tomatoes halved, three basil leaves, two dashes of Tabasco. Uh, you're going to place the cherry tomatoes and basil in a shaker and muddle lightly. Add the re- remaining ingredients and fill the shaker with ice. Shake until chilled. Double strain into a chilled glass and garnish uh, with a basil leaf. That sounds amazing. It's kind of like a, uh, almost like a Bloody Mary. Yep. Kind of uh, like a, a fancy pants Bloody Mary or something. Yep. Um, exactly. Chris, you're going to be drinking a one hot ginger <laughs> <laughs> in celebration of your beautiful red hair. Uh, this is an ounce and a half of. I don't understand why ginger became synonymous with red hair, by the way. Has uh, has anybody that said that ever looked at a piece of ginger? There's nothing red about it. I yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it's a UK thing. I don't know why. But in the where UK. did it come from? Do they have red ginger there? No. And if they do, it doesn't make do any they? fucking sense. <clears throat> Send it in. Yeah. Let yeah. somebody Google that shit immediately. I'm 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 just glad that we're bringing up hot issues like this on this podcast. Yeah. Topical call to action. I think. Yeah, called. yeah. Here's here's the call to action. Let's not use ginger for redheads anymore. It's a stupid <laughs> euphemism. Let's go with wasabi. Yeah, there you go. Sure. I mean, you know, it's like the like carrot top, right? What what is that? Yeah. Carrot tops are green, aren't they? Right. You know what I'm saying? Dang. Oh Holy man, shit, you're blowing my mind. Chris. I know. I know. It's uh, it's something I do. 
<laughs> Carrot bottom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're going to uh, be drinking one hot ginger. It's an ounce and a half of bourbon, uh, four and a half ounces of hot water, three quarter ounces of Grand Marnier, an ounce of lemon juice, fresh ginger, half an ounce of simple syrup, half an ounce of cinnamon syrup, two dashes of Angostura bitters, and a sprinkle of cayenne pepper. So... I uh, I kind of adapted this from a more annoying recipe that had a very annoying ginger syrup uh, recipe as part of it. And I think this kind of shortcuts to just making a drink. Okay. So you'll just cut some chunks of ginger and muddle it with a half ounce of simple syrup. Uh, you know, you're, you're basically trying to extract ginger juice in the muddling process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then add everything else but the hot water. Uh, stir that to combine uh, without ice, obviously, Mm -hmm. and then strain that uh, into a glass with a handle or like a coffee mug and add the hot water and stir again and then garnish with an orange peel. Uh, I'm ready for it. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Absolutely. Let's go drink and make some drinks. Shakerandspoon.com has decided to jump on board with us. And us with them. And us with them. I mean, this is a mutually beneficial little uh, thing we're doing here, and it's very exciting. Uh, Ben, why don't you explain a little bit? There's these subscription kits that are so hot these days. you got your your meal subscriptions, your uh, swag subscriptions. Shaker and Spoon, I think, is of particular interest to people uh, that listen to this show because it's a bunch of cool ingredients for cocktails. And so the way it works is they'll kind of build a box around a specific spirit. And they're not sending you booze. They're sending you all the stuff that you need to make three or four drinks with, say, tequila or vodka or gin. So uh, That's right. Like, like, you know, every week we send you out into the world to find ingredients for the drinks we make and talk about on this show. Well, these guys are picking the stuff out for you and packaging it and sending it to your door. So yeah. it does not get easier. It's not. It does not get easier, and they're running a real classy operation. I mean, it's really cool ingredients. You know, they're working with really talented mixologists to come up with the recipes for these boxes and, and sourcing really cool ingredients that are kind of hard to find uh, mm-hmm. otherwise uh, to, to send you. And so you can subscribe for... You know, one month, you can subscribe for three months, you can subscribe subscribe for up to a year. Um, and if you use our promo code, we get our beaks wet a little bit. And uh, That's right. You know, you help support our show, plus you get some cool cocktail stuff sent to you on a monthly basis. It's like, uh, it's like the holidays every damn month around here. Oh, God. Uh, you know, so that promo code, again, is O-R-G-E-A-T, or JAT. Yeah. Uh, it's a word we don't really know how to pronounce but we know how to spell it how to spell it (laughs) fuck yes so you know yeah again as Ben mentioned uh, if you choose to take the plunge you in turn help us and you get this amazing monthly product sent to your door Uh, and honestly it's something that we can get behind you know it's a it's it just fits so well with what we do and uh we're super excited that we're working together one thing we should say is the more boxes you commit to the the better it is for us so if if you're if you're ready to jump in head first go for go for the full year and i i really can't 
possibly imagine anybody being disappointed in this investment like it's it's such cool stuff and you'll have all these like interesting syrups and different types of bitters and stuff they send you fresh produce uh mike the guy that uh that started it was telling me about how they go to the like the place in the bronx or queens or whatever where like restaurants in new york get their fresh produce so it's like it's like the freshest stuff like they can like they're buying it from somebody who can tell them like within hours how recently the citrus was picked or whatever and wow. uh, it it shows up on your doorstep a couple of days later ready to go and uh and it's a it's a party in a box let me tell you they send you all the ingredients minus the booze and that's enough for it's three different drinks a month it's enough to make four of each drink uh, so again, use the promo code Orgeat, or Jat, O-R-G-E-A-T. And uh, that's shakerandspoon.com. Once again, shakerandspoon.com. Go now. Do it. Make that money. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. L'chaim. Hot beverage time. God damn it. My beverage is all Ooh. over my pants. Uh, oh, <laughs> no. This is good. Yeah? Yes, very much so. Uh, mine is too. Mine is a, a real delight. A lot of uh, interesting flavors happening. Yeah, this is. Um, you know, I uh, I'm not often a huge fan of hot alcoholic drinks, but um, yeah, this is a good one. It's nice. Nice. Yay! The the rare hat trick episode. Oh yeah. All right, so we're we're done here, right? Yep. Good night. <laughs> Night. Well, see y'all later. <laughs> I can walk in the streets of New York with drinks, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, with that drink, you can. There's okay. Great. Not there's not a jury in the land that would convict you <laughs> for wanting to finish that. Um, Rob, let's talk about this. Let's do it. Killing the killing the day job for for the uh, for the passion. Yeah. I uh, I managed a coffee shop in Kansas City. Okay. Well, Lawrence, Kansas, but Kansas City mm-hmm. and. Uh, and it was good money for where I lived. Yeah. But it became mundane. Mm-hmm. And it's not I, not uh not inspiring and driving. Yeah. Uh I would say the good thing that it gave me the free time to edit audio and to work on podcasts and right. I met Mike that by having that free time. Right. But you know, I wasn't gonna I had it hit the echelon of where I was gonna be in Kansas. Right. And my girlfriend had moved to New York about a year and a half prior and we were you know working on like well what's gonna happen and I decided to take the plunge after uh, I came out here to visit her sat down with Mike and we just had you know you're not gonna do anything if you stay there right Mm -hmm. I think that's such a good move to make I mean even if you're not gonna be in New York for the rest of your life I think everybody should like go put themselves outside their comfort zone and 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 give give it a go like even like i mean like you know becoming like a like a professional podcaster is like like one of the million things you sure. can move to a different city to try your hand at yeah. and and uh i mean like being the best coffee shop manager in Lawrence Kansas is like has has like some satisfactions associated with it but if you're if you're like yearning to do something else there's uh no reason you shouldn't shouldn't take the leap well, and I figure that, you know, obviously, you know, everyone's getting into podcasting and radio, but, you know, radio's been around for so long that that I love the audio medium. Yeah. So it's not necessarily just, 
you know, I can clip things together and make a fun, you know, episode. It's just that I like everything that goes involved in it from fiction to nonfiction to yeah. just hanging out with your buddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's what's so cool about doing it is that it really kind of has a lot of those elements to it. It's like it's it's like a bunch of different kinds of old time radio mm-hmm. all in one show. And I mean, the, the parts where Mike just, you know, like he's got stockpiles of stuff, but the like stockpiles of people just mumbling on air. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's like, <laughs> that is a segment that I never thought was going to be reoccurring when yeah. we started. This I mean, show. we're talking, we're talking, to, we're talking about a guy who has a, a Twitter account. that's just pictures of TV, which is, well, I mean, there's I, also that. Yes. I love that. I love it so much. So it doesn't surprise me that he's got collect, a collection of mumbling audio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I'm, uh, I think, I think you did the right thing. Are you, uh, are you finding that it's, I mean, you've only been here for a bit, so yeah, I'm, it's not, I'm not clear whether or not it's like easy or hard. Like there's some people that are just great at New York and there's some people that it doesn't, it doesn't do well with their disposition. Mm-hmm. The same is true of LA or any other place that like most of the people you meet walking around didn't grow up there. <laughs> well, I feel very comfortable and I've already, you know, I've, I've landed my share of interviews and, yeah. you know, I've been here, what, 19 days. So, <laughs> wow. yeah. So I, I feel pretty good about having three to four solid interviews and with companies that I love. Yeah. And so I'm sure that if none of those locked into place, I maybe I'll have something that I don't love as much. Yeah. Right. But I can still convey the passion and with my, you know, theater background, there's lots of options out there. Mm. Yeah. Well, and the, and the good thing also is like as you kind of work your way through it, you can go from a point where you're like, okay, I am making a living doing something that's adjacent to what I want to do to like just I'm doing exactly what I want to do and I'm getting paid pretty good money for it. And that is exactly uh, the words of encouragement yeah. uh, I've been getting. So that yeah. is, it's good to hear the validation there yeah. on day well, 19. I, <laughs> I've, been, I've been pinching myself because I just started a job that's like I'm my profession is in making video, but I was like, hey, what if I like, do cocktail videos and what if I produce a podcast for you guys also? And they're like, great. And <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I'm like suddenly like, I, we don't even have a podcast yet. And I'm like, huh, I'm kind of a professional podcaster <laughs> in, yeah. in a weird way. It's and, great when those things click like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm making cocktail videos for them. Uh, people are curious. You can go on made man's, uh, Facebook page made man.com's facebook page and check out the cocktail videos i've been making um uh, rob you mentioned you like, mentioned that you you were doing this in your spare time i mean how long had you been sort of trying to find that balance between a day job and uh you know uh having enough time to to devote to your passion well, what ended up happening was I just stopped going out to nightclubs and seeing music all the time yeah. <laughs> and uh, saved that for when I really liked seeing bands yeah. and or bands that I really enjoyed rather than just passing the time. So since the managerial position gave me a footing to set my own hours, mm-hmm. yeah. I would usually just go in 7 a.m., you know, until I was done with my duties for the day and then piece together audio and work on any other projects I had going, usually at the Lawrence Public Library because it had just gotten redone and had all of the equipment nice. for free there. Wow. That's pretty great. Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, did um, you find it difficult to to balance the two, or was this something that kind of came naturally? Um, it did come fairly naturally because I'm kind of a workaholic. So whether that becomes a project or my actual job, yeah, <laughs> um, I want to get the project done. Yeah, and uh, years before this, I had helped on a local arts and culture show called the ADD arts podcast. And I just guest guest hosted a couple of times. And then when that host was out of town, I got a feel for it. So when I had a project that I actually wanted to work on or, you know, that I was incorporated into, yeah. uh, it, it just felt like uh, a good time. And so I wanted to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough transition to make, man. I mean, that really is like, especially moving from Lawrence, Kansas to New York city. I mean, I mean, you had you had a couple of reasons to do it. I mean, you had a, a girlfriend in in the city too. But but man, that's that's takes guts, and uh, uh, you know, uh, it's not easy. Well, I really appreciate that. You know, and I and I haven't ever forgotten the fact that it was so much easier by being able to move into a place. Right. Very, you know, yeah, that, you didn't that have to get of, here and like yeah. Yeah. look for a place to live and all that. You know, it, it eased the stress just enough that I could put all of that energy into uh seeking for <laughs> financially stable work <laughs> yeah I, I did that i did that a few years ago uh at the the tender age of 36 i moved to london england and that was not quite starting at zero like we did have a place to go but it wasn't our place <laughs> so you've still got that that pressure of okay every day you gotta look for somewhere to live and you know a job and yeah and uh it, it, you know, I, I, I remember telling myself, okay, look, don't, don't, uh, don't struggle too hard. Just, you're going to commit to this. This is easily the next two years by you leaving your hometown and moving to another, you know, you don't really necessarily have a job to come back to. So you're going and you're going to do this. And it could be like two years of being unsettled, you know, at the, you know, maybe worst case, you're going to be kind of, uh, moving around and trying to find your footing for at least a little while. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. just allowing yourself to do it uh, is like okay, you know, just jump into the deep end and and and, and go for it, kind of thing. Because you could sit and be paralyzed. Yeah. Like, I don't know how long you were thinking about doing it, Rob, but I mean, you could paralyze yourself in thought, you know, endlessly. Yeah, I absolutely. Yeah, I um, and there's a bit of freedom in that too, mm-hmm. you know, because you know I've been working since fifteen. Yeah, right. You know, going from job to job in the same area of the country, mm-hmm. and then realizing that oh, I'm actually really good at this. But I'm kind of being held down by having to pay this bill and having to, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that rents due on time or yeah. whatever. Having and to it, cover your nut. Yeah. yeah. And, and by being allowed, essentially, to come to New York and being allowed to have that freedom and, and releasing that, you know, handcuff or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. from Kansas... Um, it actually feels good. Like it's scary and it's, yeah. and, and I'm anxious, but it, but it feels good. And I have this freedom that I haven't felt in a long time. It kind of feels like summer vacation, but with a yeah. purpose. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's, I mean, definitely it's a challenging time, but it's, a, it's an incredibly exciting time too. I was listening to an episode of the pub on, uh, uh, uh it's another podcast. It's about public media hosted by Adam Ragusea. Uh, it's put out by current, the, I guess it's like a public radio uh, publication. Um, he kind of had, he had like an episode where he just talked about how you shouldn't move to Los Angeles or New York to pursue your radio career and had all these examples of why. And like he made it, he made really interesting points, but I think that like 
what that kind of misses is that like when you move to a place that like 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 New York or like Los Angeles or Toronto for example mm-hmm. you're kind of surrounded by people that are all like trying to figure out what they want to do and pursue their dream and find their their passion or whatever and and that can be like that can become kind of a support structure as you as you learn how to do it too cuz like if you're if you're freelancing in radio or if you get a job that is like you know right up your alley it's still going to be like a totally different lifestyle from what you had before mm-hmm. and that's like it, it's it's cool to do that around people that are all kind of going through that in a way mm-hmm. yeah and you know what's that cliche you know big risk big reward mm-hmm. yeah um but i also find it interesting people that i like i'll, I'll meet with folks like uh someone at midroll may was very nice and said that i could sit down and just pick their brain <laughs> and uh and it became one of those things where i was like oh well it actually i'm really nervous talking to this person who has a position that i you know love but at the same time they'll add me to you know i don't know a listserv here or there yeah and uh, each connection I make there by being, you know, just a polite human being, yeah. uh, opens more doors. And mm-hmm. they're always a little shocked when I tell them that, oh no, I can't afford things like Pro Tools yet, but <laughs> I go on YouTube and I mimic those things in the programs that I do have. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and then it, you know, it kind of shows that at least if you have a little bit of a drive and a little ingenuity, mm-hmm. you got grit, kid. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it okay to pick somebody's brain, but if you try and pick their nose, they're not into it? Well, it's the, I think it's the physical thing. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. we may never know. How, well, how does the Shien uh, showed uh, pair with the with the with the move? It's good. It's refreshing. That's a real tropical drink. That's like a French tropics drink, though. You know, it's got the coconut and the French style rum. I'll tell you this. Um, and the chartreuse. It feels good. Yeah. It tastes good. And it's not too sweet. Yeah. Which, upon looking at it, uh, you know, a pink drink, green green lime on it, you might think it might be uh, a little sweet, a little diabetic coma coming yeah. <laughs> at you. But it, uh, it yeah, really I mean, feels like I'm digging my toes in the sand, and I'm comfortable ingesting it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a little sugar. I mean, the yellow chartreuse is like sure. the main sugary part. And I guess coconut water probably has some some trace fructose or something like that but there's nothing like yeah there's nothing there's no like artificial bullshit in that yeah it doesn't taste like a dive bar you know yeah. uh, cocktail Cru- cruise ship cocktail <laughs> yeah exactly it doesn't have a giant pink flamingo uh well for that i apologize i, I do have some umbrellas i should have put one in for you that would have been that would have been a classy move that you did put the straw in, I which did put, I was—I I I was, wasn't sure at first if I should, but then I, I, I really convinced. insisted. I was—I was convinced. Yeah, and I like it. I like it, and it, it's hard because I used to be—I used to work for a dive bar, and so everything was out of a plastic cup, <laughs> oh, and yeah. Yeah. it was always at like four a.m. once the doors got locked. Yeah, <laughs> so. I mean, it, you, you know, that's the definition of a dive bar right there. If you're drinking out of plastic cups, you're in a dive bar. You know, sometimes like, oh, this is yeah, kind of divey, but you're drinking out of a glass. No, no. If you're drinking out of a plastic cup, you're in a dive bar. <laughs> and there is definitely a tiered system. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, uh, like, you know, well, there's a few, like, you know, a few entrepreneurs are that strive to have, like, hey, you know what, I want a place that's comfortable and dark and divey, and we're going to serve drinks in these glasses. <laughs> Nuh-uh. That's, you've made no, a no, terrible no. mistake. Plastic cups only. <laughs> is the plastic cups mainly because of bar fights? 
Like you don't want people smashing glass over each other's faces? I feel like that's what they say. Yeah. But I think the real answer is most of the workers are lazy and don't want to wash clean. dishes. Yeah. I think the, uh, the, the answer is they just want a massive carbon footprint. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Looking for that. Like, how many how many carbons can we put into the atmosphere? <laughs> like what's, well, I just wonder it, what's worse. Are you like washing glasses all night or just constantly throwing plastic cups away? What, what, what's, the, what's, what's the worst of the two? Well, I would say that at least you're filling up sinks so you have a set amount of water you're using at each time. Yeah. Well, Well, I mean, you know, look. The world may never know. There's, you know, if we're talking dive bars, maybe there's no uh, health regulations. But if you work in in anything above a dive bar, you have to, you can't have glasses (laughs) sitting in a sink full of water. That's just... That just will not fly. Not certainly not in this country, my friend. No way. Whoa, uh, whoa. Come, okay, shots come, fired by yeah. the uh, Canadians. <laughs> hey, I don't work there anymore. I don't work there. <laughs> Anywho, well, Chris, why don't you tell us about your baseball game story? Well, listen. So, uh, just to fill Rob in, real I, quick. is this our third show in a row that's been about baseball? Might be, might be. Uh, you know what? I had another story lined up for last week, but we didn't actually record last week. So uh, in the interim, another baseball story came up. So that trumps any other story. Anyway, listen, yeah. you know, uh, Rob, just to fill you in real quick, I have been on this elimination diet, this hypoallergenic diet nonsense just, uh, you know, for three weeks. Okay. It's nothing, no big deal. Uh, and of course. So I go to the baseball game the other day, and when we, we go to the baseball game, we take our own snacks because you can't buy a, a fucking thing in that stadium because not a thing in that stadium is healthy. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all like ballpark nachos, ballpark <laughs> yeah, yeah. preservative hot dogs. <laughs> exactly. They have a Frank Collins that you can get? You know what? I'm, I'm, <laughs> Frank I'm Collins. actually going to... Get your Frank <laughs> Collins here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to approach uh, the good people at the Blue Jays organization and see if they won't let me open up a stand. A Frank Collins stand. Oh, I don't want it to be a stand. I want you to have it like around your neck, the big crazy box. And <laughs> oh, so you, you want me to the, yeah. be the boss of like 50 people that go around the, the stadium. Is that what you want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and somebody will be like, hey, two Frank Collins here. And yeah. then they're like passing him down the row. And and uh, like one of the hot dogs slips out. And you got to, like, all, right, all right, pass it back, pass it back. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, listen, so uh, we go to the baseball game, and uh, it turns out I have a friend that's at the game, and uh, he said, well, where are you guys? So we tell him where Do you like how you have an, a New York accent in this fantasy? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I says, where are you guys? Anyway, so he, he asked where we're sitting, and uh, he, he comes to find us and says, listen, I'm in this executive suite, uh, and my friend that's hosting says, you're welcome to join. And we're like, whoa, what? You know, <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, we go from, and I happened to be there to see a particular pitcher. The Dodgers were in town and I wanted to see this pitcher and we're in the, like the, the top, the top section, right? Upper deck. And, uh, mm-hmm. we go down Close, to this executive suite, which is, you know, somewhere a couple of, uh, uh, levels below. And it's, uh, all you can eat, all you can drink, you know, uh, free drinks, free, uh, food. And so, Oh man, you know, we, we have this moral dilemma. It's like, look, look, we are, four, <laughs> we are four days from the end of this thing. Yeah. How, that's, how, that's why, that's why you got invited. Right. To this. So, and you know what? It's like, this is, this is a test, right? And I mean, we've passed every test so far with flying colors. There's a few of us doing this diet and, and uh, uh, I, I hate calling it a diet. It's not, not called, it's not a diet. But anyway, uh, w- this particular day, I mean, there's literally label reading happening for the last two and a half weeks. You know, I'm not, I, yeah. you know, anything that looks like I can't have it, I'm not going near it. Until 
this fateful day. And I mean, right. I think oh. that the bonehead move would have been to say, no, I'm on this silly diet for another four days. Like, I don't know when I'm ever going to get invited into this yeah. executive suite again, right? And we're talking like a massive, like, and I've been in a, a box before. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I've been in a box. I know what I'm in for. And I had no idea. Like, it's, you know, it was gorgeous. It was, you know, behind home plate, perfect view <laughs> of everything. You know, Did they I, hand you a suit jacket as you walked in? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a crest on the on the uh, <laughs> breast pocket. I mean, look, I'm wearing. Okay, full disclosure. Um, the person I was with, she was wearing. Uh, 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 basically, she's bought a uniform, and every time we go to a game, she wears a uniform, like a Blue Jays uniform. <laughs> oh, okay, so not like a plumber's uniform. <laughs> no, no, oh, yeah, right, a baseball uniform. I should uh, okay. specify. And I uh, um, am wearing, you know, Blue Jays socks. I got a Jays hat. I've, uh, you know, I've got this T-shirt that I found last game we went to uh, that. I love this design so much. This is like this amazing design. I'm like, oh my God, this is incredible. And I find out it's a kid's shirt. I'm like, oh man, look how good this is. <laughs> I go straight to the XLs. I'm like, I'm going to try this on. So I've been wearing an extra large children's shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it fits. It's not like it's a belly top or anything. I'm not like, you know, squeezing into something. It, it's like, anyway, yeah, so we're sitting there. And this is like an executive suite. There's people. Chris, is that t-shirt wearing you or are you wearing that t-shirt? <laughs> no, it's wearing me all right. You know, it's like, it, like when I put it on, it makes this sound. You know, <laughs> uh, but Bowman you know, showed it, up looking <laughs> ravishing. He had positively poured himself into his Blue Jays T-shirt, <laughs> but he fit his pinwheel cap on just fine. <laughs> anyway, so we, you know, we for nine innings of baseball got to be treated like royalty. Okay, and um, wow. So you know, at a certain point during the game, there is a. You know, let's make some noise. Who's the loudest level? You know, in the stadium, and and there's a big <laughs> on the on the jumbotron. There's like a meter for like the one, two, and five hundred section, and uh, right. so we're watching and and whatever the whoever like the five hundred level wins, right? The upper like where we were supposed to be, and as I'm sitting there, I'm sitting in this chair that kind of like half like you're leaning back. It's almost like you're reclining, and then I just make like a, a gesture to my left, and I like you know like throwing to the left and to the right, like give the people their, uh, you know, their, their rewards kind of thing. Like I felt like I was some sort of like Roman uh, imperial figure. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it just, I, I was just eating it up with a spoon. It, I just loved every second of it. Uh, and, oh. you know, so I, I felt like it was okay to, to lift uh, the embargo on fun times for, you know, for one afternoon. Yeah, I think you made the right choice. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, how many times is that going to happen? And then, but I do have to ask you this: Did you tack on an extra four days? Well, we actually like said right off the bat, we said one extra week. Oh, yeah. okay, Ooh, uh, okay, brutal. Yeah, and I and when you know, so you're punishing yourself. I mean, you you know, enjoy yourself, but you are going to pay. God damn it! Uh, <laughs> uh, but, That's how I was raised. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so yeah, we're, we're, uh, the, the, it goes for an extra week, which is in the end, it's actually been a really good thing. And, uh, you know, it's accomplishing what I set out to do. So, um, at the same time, yeah, that, that uh, it appeared, I think as a, an opportunity to reward ourselves for being so diligent, you know, instead yeah, of, instead yeah. of looking at it, like failing a test, I think I passed that test. Yeah. I think you did too. Yeah. Tell me this guys. When you are, when you have access to a fancy thing that is normally very expensive, do you have the same instinct that I do, which is engage in this as fully as possible to derive the value out of it that like buck wild. is being put in? 
Like when I get upgraded to first class, I'm like, bring the lamb shank, bring the fucking, <laughs> bring all of the champagne. See, that, that, like it's, it might be 8 a.m. I'm drinking some champagne. Yes. If they're offering it, because I want like as much of the value of this to be conferred into me as I, possible. I completely, completely do, and I also <laughs> have the thought of when will I be caught? Because <laughs> yeah. I don't. I've done something wrong that I don't even know of yet. <laughs> well, that's. I mean, that was kind of our thinking, and uh, at the same time, I thought, look, I haven't had a, a, a more than one drink. Because I mean, I was drinking for the show, but you know, one drink at a time uh, yeah. in the span of a week. So I thought, look. I had one beer, and I'll tell you right now, that beer made me feel like garbage. I felt instantly horrible. My stomach, really? yeah, my stomach just started going nuts. And so I was like, okay, I'll, like I'll switch to wine. And then I uh, went into cruise control on wine for the rest of the day. But um, <laughs> Wine at a baseball game. I know. Game. I, I hope Has nobody ever caught a picture. Heard of I hope something nobody so caught a picture. had to fit the part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh it, it definitely I, that was decadence. That was when I felt like a, a part of the Roman Empire. Wine so, here, get your wine, <laughs> Chablis, Rosé. We've got the yeah, grapes totally. to feed you with. Chablis, Rosé. Oh, man, I would pay money to hear that. <laughs> I mean, I went to a Royals game before I moved out here because I didn't know when the la- next time I was going to be able to go to that. And uh, I bought, I, I kid you not, I bought the nachos that came in the helmet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they told me it was the healthiest nacho because they overheard me telling my girlfriend, I was like, God, how many calories are in these nachos? And they were like, oh no, this is the healthiest one. <laughs> they just wanted me to buy that hat. Yeah. I think how it's the, the absorbent properties of the plastic hat just sucks all the, you know, the, oh, yeah. All the <laughs> yeah, of course. All the caloric content. Yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. Well, see like this, this kind of stuff never happens to me. I don't get upgraded to business class. Cause I don't, I, I you know, I kind of, I dress how I normally do, like a bum. And so they don't want me in first <laughs> class, you know? <laughs> they just keep me... Keep that uh, guy out of there. Keep me by the toilets where I belong. Yeah. Uh, well, how does the one hot ginger pair with your experience, would you say, Chris? Well, let me tell you, the cayenne pepper opened up my face like... Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, like it's like a, a cleanse. Yeah, like, like the I was master in a steam cleanse. room or something. <laughs> but it's, it's a spicy drink, but it's, it is really tasty. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really, really nice. I think... Sorry, can you explain again the um, alterations you made? Like, you, it's not it's not ginger syrup. It's just a muddled ginger, you said? Yeah, they just had, like, a very intense ginger syrup recipe that I figured you probably, I don't know, either had ginger syrup on hand or just could make it. So it was, I don't know. My, my alteration was basically just just making it in the glass at, yeah. at the size of the serving you're going to have rather than... Because I, I have a juicer, and I was tempted to run just a small chunk of ginger through the juicer, but then I oh. thought that might be too much. It might, you know, might be too uh, efficient, you know, and that'd be too Well, gingery. in retrospect, would you say it could have been gingerier? Uh, no, I think it was a really good balance, actually. Um, I mean, I probably will try it you know, with a, a little ginger juice next time just to see. But yeah. um, uh, a note I said next time because I, hey, I will have another that's one. That's, a, that's an endorsement of ever I heard. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. put this one uh, in the uh, recipe book because uh, yeah, for next winter. This is like, this is not a, this is not, if you're in a place that's not remotely warm. Not a super warm. baseball-y drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, you're, they you're not going to be hearing this. Uh, get your one hot ginger at the ball game anytime <laughs> soon. I don't think. Well, maybe not in hot certain, that way. Hot cocktails, hot hot buttered rums here. One hot ginger. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Collins, one hot ginger. Step right up. And the guy, like the guy passing it down, spills it all over his lap. He's like, Oh God! Oh, I'm suing all of you. I'm switching to mead. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so two Meet thumbs up. at the ballpark would be <laughs> yeah. good. So, Ben, I mean, I think all of us have suffered uh, from what you are experiencing at the moment, uh, and you yourself have probably suffered from it before, but tell us a little bit about what's been going on. Yeah, well, so I'm, uh, I'm uh, you know, starting this job, and I'm in charge of a bunch of websites, video, and that ranges from, you know, like Made Man, which is a lot of stuff that I know a lot about all the mm-hmm. way to girl, which is targeted at like sort of boy, my wife knows how to really mess up my podcast. <laughs> uh, girl, which is like a, a website for, you know, young, young women, like, you know, like middle school and high school aged women. And, and so, like, the video stuff I'm doing for that is I'm executive producing videos that are, you know, about, you know, questions they have about their bodies and stuff. And, like, I am essentially in charge of, like, signing off on scripts and final edits of the videos. But, like, it's so weird to have input into stuff like that and just be like, oh, like... Uh, I don't know, like, I don't know who I am to be telling you guys what to tell, like, you know, 15 year old girls about boob pain. Yeah. (laughs) And, yeah. And like, and so there's some of that. And there's also just like, you know, like we have, when we have a meeting at work and it's like a big conference call with like a bunch of senior vice president of this and, and, you know, director of that at the company mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going like, you know, we can manage this many videos, but not that many videos. And if you can get the client to blah, 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 the something, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, like I'm kind of like the focal point of a lot of these meetings because a lot of this is about kind of the new paradigm of these sites that I'm working at having the capacity to produce video mm-hmm. and, and, and so they're like adding that to the to the sales pitches to companies that are sponsoring and everything and and so i just have to like walk into these rooms confident that i know what i'm doing and i guess like i'm pretty sure i know what i'm doing in a lot of the scenarios but i do also like like constantly feel like somebody's going to be like oh ben we made a huge mistake hiring you you're a fucking moron <laughs> i mean does go. this does this uh enter into your uh like subconscious in terms of like sleep or anything are you having like anxiety dreams or anything because of it or is this just something you're sweating out uh in waking life i'm doing it at work which is good but you know like i think that like one of the weirdest manifestations is like i'll i'm still kind of like learning you know what the you know with any company there's sort of like inter-office politics or intra-office politics i guess and uh you know, people that you have to learn are going to want something to be one way. And even if it has to be another way and you have to manage that and, and like, you know, there's, there's a lot of 
since since this company already makes so much video in other you know parts of its uh, doing course of doing business, there are a lot of like systems in place that I don't know anything about, and my boss who like draws enough water to like tell me this. Uh, has has basically said like you know you can like like absorb this stuff and learn the way they want you to do it, but you should really just do what it's going to take for you to make the best stuff. Well, that's nice, and, and it's it's that's a nice vote of confidence. But it's also like, all it's also like uh, there are going to be people that are pissed off if yeah I do that, and so mm-hmm. yeah, and so like I have to be like like I have to be confident enough in the work I'm doing to justify pissing people off, you know, like, yeah. cause they're not going to be that pissed off if I'm doing stuff that's like making the websites like noticeably better or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, if I'm, if I'm putting in product that they think is like mediocre and also doing it in a way that they feel like runs roughshod over the existing systems, they're going to be like, why are we, why are we accommodating this? This is fucking bullshit. So yeah, that's the, uh, that's the struggle I'm having at the moment. <laughs> well, that's, well, I, I mean, I, that, sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that I think it's incredibly difficult to have people angry at you when you're not actively trying to make someone upset. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so like that struggle is always uh, a hard one, at least for me to deal with, because if I wanted to upset you i would actively do it but i don't want to so having your anger forced at me is not it's not going to get anything accomplished yeah well and and i think that there's like i don't know you try to assume that everybody is positively intentioned and you know that might be true and it might not be wouldn't it be great if it was 100 percent true Yeah. yeah yeah i mean but like even I don't know, like we have like a creative services department where I've like sent a few requests and basically gotten told we can't, we can't help you. And I'm like, then why, <laughs> then why did I spend like two hours getting trained on how to submit requests yeah. to your fucking department? Yeah. <laughs> and like, and, and like, it's just, it's, it's like, uh, it's a totally new paradigm for me because yeah. I'm so used to being a hundred percent, uh, the the person where the buck stops mm-hmm. and because i've freelanced for like my entire professional career up till now mm-hmm. and and uh and it's like a totally it's 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 a new environment and and i don't like i think probably everybody assumes that like anybody in my position has had jobs before <laughs> you know so like right. so like there's like some of it is like wait you don't speak spanish everybody speaks spanish ben <laughs> like yeah kind of and i'm like uh oh, no i just like have never been anywhere that spanish is spoken as like the as like the main language you know mm-hmm. so uh i don't know it's it's uh it's it, it's mostly good imposter syndrome i think is a good problem to have because sure. it means that you're like in a, a cool place that you're like wanting to stay. <laughs> yep. But uh, but uh, it's it's a it's a weird it's a weird feeling at the same time. I mean, I think my, my, you know, my drink pairs nicely with it, though. But you know, I think everybody probably is feeling it. Oh, uh, you know, a lot of the time, right? 
Yeah. I mean, maybe people that are, you know, have been there for years are not feeling necessarily imposter syndrome, but there are, you know, people take steps outside of their comfort zone all the time. And they're like, oh, I don't belong here. You know, I should yeah. be doing this. I think so. so. You got the ba- you've got the backing of, of whoever it is, like the head guy. Or yeah. And I think that, uh, and I think that like, you know, nothing like bad has come up where somebody has been like, why didn't you do it this way? But yeah. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. It's uh, it's definitely definitely a big learning process for me. Well, and it mm. could be a good like human mechanism to just always be thinking about what could happen right. and then preparing for that. Mm. That is a good point. Yeah, I like my drink a lot though. It's uh, it's a it's a it's a cocktail that knows that tomato is a fruit. Uh huh. Like, okay. Like the tomato is definitely being used as a fruit in this drink, mm-hmm. and um, is that you know there's some sweetness? simple syrups. Yeah, I mean, like, there's simple syrup, too. So it's 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 a sweeter drink than you might expect. Yeah. But uh, but I think that's, you know, partly because it's, the cherry tomatoes are a, a, an especially sweet type of tomato and partly because of the simple syrup. sweeter than you expect but still savory or not so savory? I, it's not a particularly savory drink, I would okay. say. But it's it's very nice. It's very, uh, it's very refreshing and... Um, I could see like drinking a bunch of them. Good. Um, <laughs> always the mark yeah. of a good drink. Yeah, yes, very much. Um, <laughs> I liked it a lot. I think uh, I think people would enjoy it if they gave it a, gave it a whiz. All right. It'd probably work with. It'd be interesting with mezcal actually, as the uh, as the spirit. Uh, I've already forgotten what the spirit is in there. Gin? No. Gin. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think that'd be um, an, I might I might experiment with that after after we we're done recording here. <laughs> I mean, it is Sunday. It's kind of uh, yeah. You know, what better for... way to to tuck into some PlayStation than muddling <laughs> up a muddling up a nice uh, <laughs> variation on the imposter cocktail? <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, Tropico. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, playing some Tropico on PlayStation Four. Uh, I was just talking with Rob Schulte about how much I like Tropico. Oh, we'll have to talk about that. At some I point. think all of these drinks pair well with Tropico. <laughs> <laughs> Request Ben. Uh, we, I think, have a couple of calls this week. Yeah, people have uh, really stepped their game up and started calling in. We have like a big long queue. So, uh, and since Thanks, we everybody. missed last week, I appreciate everybody's patience in us getting to you. Um, uh, we're, we're gonna do like two a week, uh, at least for a little while. And if people keep uh, keep being so generous with their calls, we might we might make that just what we do from now on. What do you think? The regular, yeah, sounds good to me. Keep them up, keep it up. Hey, Chris and Ben, Kevin here. Uh, just ringing to look for a cocktail for my life event. The event is that this week I unfortunately dropped my motorbike. Uh, I actually Mm-mm. dropped it on my right foot, so my foot is a little bit bruised. Uh, so can you come up with any cocktails to go with that? Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Ouch. Yeah. Now, when people Ouch say they dropped their motorbike, does that mean they crashed it? Or is no, it just I think they just like, dropped. Like, you just... you. Because yeah. uh, they're a big, heavy thing over. with two wheels. So it's <laughs> easy to drop, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think you could also, if you break and, you know, or you don't have enough momentum, you can kind of... You're not strong enough to hold the bike up or you literally just tip it over from standing right. position. I have no idea, but... Ouch. Um, 
Can't now, be fun to drop it on your foot, though. No, no. And uh, I can only imagine uh, when this happens, there's a split second where you stand and you're just uh, blinking in disbelief. Mm. So you'll be drinking the blinker. I hope I haven't assigned this to anybody <laughs> before. Um, the blinker. It's two ounces of wild turkey, one ounce of grapefruit juice, a quarter ounce simple syrup, uh, and a bar spoon of raspberry preserves. You're going to shake with ice and strain into a chilled coupe. No garnish. This is, uh, this is a Ted Hay uh, drink, uh, a.k.a. Dr. Cocktail. Well, um, Chris, you haven't assigned it to anybody before. Oh, no. But I have assigned it to you before. No! <laughs> this happens to be the drink that pairs with seeing a Dan Deacon concert also. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> you know, it's like I read it and I thought, this sounds vaguely familiar. I could split <laughs> this up, but I think I'm just going to go with my gut here. And uh, it, so I, my gut was Hey, wrong. a drink can pair with more than one thing. You know, red it's wine true. pairs with, with a steak, and it also pairs with a uh, lamb a lamb chop, you know. And a baseball sure. game. And a baseball game. Yeah. <laughs> good point. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. Um, I bet Kevin has some awesome Scottish swears that he does when he uh, has a motorcycle fall on his foot. Is he in Scotland? Didn't he have a Scottish accent? Was I thought I... it sounded a bit Irish. It sounded a bit Irish to me, Let but, me you know, back. it was faint. Let me, let's listen know. back to a little bit. That's Irish. That's Irish? Yep. Uh, I think that's I, Irish. I, I, Kevin, I told, please. I told please. Irish was more like this. <laughs> well, I think like, there's different dialects. <laughs> and I'm not sure no, what your accent was. No, they only have that one accent. <laughs> Come on. Uh, well, Kevin, you know, uh, try that drink. Uh, uh, give us a photo if you uh, so choose. And, and tell uh, us where you're from. <laughs> yeah, tell us where you're from. At the very least, just tell us where you're from. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's our second call. Hello, Ben. Hello, Chris. Hello, guest that has about a 50-50 chance of being Adam Pranica. Oh, it's Todd you, yes. from Indiana. <laughs> My favorite bartender is leaving the bar and going to be a brand ambassador, and I need a drink for the fact that she's going to be gone. That's actually, uh, uh, well, that's, that's really that's... funny because I was just talking to Adam Pranica about going to the final night of his favorite bartender. <laughs> oh, really? His favorite bartender is leaving uh, as well? Yeah, she is a, a tender at whose bar I have sat a few times with Adam. And uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, she's uh, she's she's leaving. So I got to go like find a whole new place to go drinking. Oh, yeah. That Man, sucks. I hope I didn't let this listener down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so here's the thing about bartenders leaving and... Uh, attempting to do something else it's uh it's difficult especially when you're you know like i i don't know too many people too many bartenders have left to become brand ambassadors but yeah i think it's a real challenge for a bartender you know to, to what you were speaking about ben like going from a place you've never worked before into maybe not necessarily an office setting but a much more uh, formal setting than being yeah. behind the bar, you know? I imagine you um, wind up doing a lot of brand ambassadoring from the office of the spirit company in question. You you, you do think or you don't? Sorry, I do. I the, yeah. yeah. I, I, I knew somebody that did it for a little while and, and uh, she said it was like the weirdest combination of having like a day job, but everybody's expected to get drunk like all the time and like yeah. a real like, like, like there's some offices where it's like expected that you like come in early and stay late, like later than the technical day is over 
to like prove that you're committed to the mission and that their version of that in that office was like how hungover are you this morning <laughs> like i yeah. am super duper hungover oh well i am as hungover as i've ever been <laughs> well i'm <laughs> i'm really curious efficient. about this because yeah. I, I want to know from the alcohol companies, so the brands out there that, that have hired bartenders, I want to know what the success rate of keeping them is. Well, that's I, an interesting I, question. You know, because I think, um, I hope this works out for your p- particular bartender, and I'm, uh, I'm not trying to be a negative Nelly here, but <laughs> um, the, the, this drink is based uh, on the fact that... Um, uh, th- at least in my experience, the people I know, they've ended up becoming bartenders again. So, um, you know, let's hope it works out for her, but selfishly, maybe Todd, you, th- you hope it doesn't, uh, you'll be drinking something called the seal uh, which, you know, if you kind of maybe put marbles in your mouth you can say it's like a she'll be back cocktail. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> you're, you're looking at a uh, one ounce of bullet bourbon, half an ounce of Cointreau, Three dashes of Peychaud's bitters, two dashes of Angostura bitters. You're going to stir with ice and strain into a chilled coupe. Uh, and you're going to top with two ounces of, well, it's saying Moet Imperial Champagne. But, you know, whatever whatever you champagne you want to put in there. Uh, and go, uh, garnish with an orange twist. And uh, yet again, from uh, Dr. Cocktail, Ted Hay. I was, uh, man, I was totally thinking that the the logic behind that drink, Chris, was that it's just a bunch of everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, no, I, I tried to really, I really try to shoehorn uh, something out of that. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I, uh, good luck to the bartender, uh, Todd. I'm sorry you're losing your your bartender, but uh, enjoy that last that night. Yeah, that's a that last hurrah. Night. That's always fun. Yeah. You too, Good Adam. Tips. You too, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> really sad, sad to hear it. Uh, poor guy. Poor guy. Well, Rob, it's been a, a real delight having you on the program. How do people find you? How do people find your work? Well, you can go to robkschulte.com. How do you spell Schulte? It's S-C-H-U-L-T-E. And that is exactly the same on my Twitter and Instagram handles. Rob K. Schulte. Yes. Okay, follow him. You heard it here first. Um, You're doing awesome work on doing it with Mike Sachs. Well, I really appreciate that. You can follow Chris on Twitter at ChrisBChicken. And Benjamin at Benjamin R-A-H-R. And you can follow us on Twitter as a show at Drink About It. And we're also on Instagram and Facebook at Let's Drink About It. And we should thank Lizzie Bartelt, our lovely and talented uh, brand ambassador. Thank you, Lizzie. <laughs> uh, yeah, keeping the brand strong. Keeping that brand strizong. Um, and we should thank Jamal Richardson and Graham Walsh for Thanks, our music. Fellas. And Paul Watling for our art. And we should thank Thanks, Paul. Rob Schulte for being our guest. Hey, Thanks thank so you much, guys Rob. for being What a awesome. terrific guest. And uh, we hope you'll come back sometime soon. Anytime. Uh, with that, we will be back at you next week with more life events and more drinks that go perfectly with them. Later, potato. Don't you choke on your rum and or coke. I like that uh, that, that uh, we have the option, option of combining them or Choke not. on the one or, or the other.
Don't, don't oh yeah, what, could you choke on just the rum in a rum and coke? <laughs> I don't think so. 